Welcome back to the Dose of Travel podcast. I'm here today with Sojourner from the Sojourners on Instagram. And Sojourner and I met a few years back on social media, just like most of my guests here. Uh, We've kept in touch and we've had a lot of accountability hours and have shared a lot of stories. She started traveling when she was also a college student, having, um, having completed Fulbright, AmeriCorps, and now she is a 9-to-5 social worker who still talks about travel and travel education and talking about privilege. She's been featured on BuzzFeed, Pop Sugar, and Thrillist, and she's all about responsible travel, food, and outdoor tips. So today, Sojourner is going to share her story. Hi, so I have Sojourner from Sojourneys with me here today. How are you doing? I'm a little tired, you know, the nine to five and travel blogging life really catches up with you real quick, but I'm good for the most part. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that hard. Well, thank you for making time, even though you're really tired on this Thursday, to chat about your travel journey and what you're up to now. Um, We connected on Instagram a while back, and I think I found you um, because you did a Fulbright. And so before we dive in, I guess, let's just hear about what you do right now. Yeah, so right now I am currently based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I graduated last May, so May 2020, with my master's in international social work, but we know the pandemic showed up before I could graduate. So a lot of the international jobs I was looking at, unfortunately, got canceled and disappeared. So I kind of pivoted a little bit, and now I'm doing research and evaluation work primarily around racial justice um, issues, so a lot of like food justice and like food access or reproductive justice, um, a lot of public health as well just due to COVID and how it's impacting Black and Brown communities in particular, getting hit pretty hard, Uh, so that's my day job, and then (laughs) at night, I guess early in the mornings, because I wake up at 5 a.m. and I do Sojourney's work from like 5 to 7, 8 a.m. in the mornings. Uh, And that I started back in 2015 as a run-of-the-mill travel blog. And now it's a whole travel education platform that has become my little baby and is officially an LLC as of November 2020. So lots of changes in a very short period time yes girl you've been busy no wonder you're tired I did not know you wake up at 5 a.m every day to do the side hustle like kudos to you thank you yes that's new I it's a mix of waking up just to do things that I want to do so I do like Pilates and I work out in the mornings but before that I do some sojourneys things which people never tell you once you make it like an official business like there's a lot of little paperwork and emails and that's really what I do in the mornings and I write after work or on the weekends. But yeah, it's it's definitely a, I don't like calling it a hustle because then that makes it seem like I don't get sleep, but I definitely go to bed at like 8.30 every night as well. So I, I, I get my sleep. So it's a nice balance. So many messages in that one thing. Definitely getting sleep is important. And so I love that you brought that out because yeah, everyone needs sleep and I'm all for that. But before you got to this point, when we connected, you were a college student and you had just won a prestigious Fulbright Award. Can you share more about that? 
Fulbright kind of came as a surprise. So I studied abroad. So my undergrad is in psychology, Spanish, and women's studies. So I wanted to go abroad for a semester. Initially, was trying to go somewhere in Latin America, but my university didn't have any solid partnerships there. So I ended up going to Spain. And I went to Southern Spain, Granada, which is my love. It was the first place I've ever visited outside of the U.S., and that really sparked my love of traveling, my love of learning outside the classroom, and led me, I think, a lot to me becoming like an international social worker. But after my semester, I said five months was not enough time. I feel like I was just getting comfortable and I really wanted to have another immersive experience. My Spanish got so much better because my host mom didn't speak English. And so at home, I was speaking Spanish. In class, I was speaking Spanish. I did have American friends, obviously, but everybody else who I met was speaking Spanish and I wanted to find a way to go back and like many other college students I did not know what I wanted to do after I graduated undergrad I just knew I was burnt out and needed a break so after I came back from Spain from studying abroad I decided to apply for Fulbright and I knew it was prestigious but I really didn't know how prestigious it was I just knew that I could do it I had wanted to be a school psychologist so I did have some teaching assistant experience because I was told that if I wanted to work in like schools, I should probably get experience in schools first. So I have volunteered at the English language learning classroom. I have volunteered while I was abroad as well. And I had done a lot of summer camp counselor teaching assistant type gigs. So it made me actually a pretty good candidate for Fulbright, even though I didn't formally study education. And I applied. It was a very long process. I started my apps in June of 2015, and I submitted it in October 2015. I think I did something like six drafts across the two essays. It was actually it was actually a class at my institution, so I got credit for it for applying to Fulbright. And then the waiting game happened, and during that waiting game, that's when I realized just how prestigious it was. Like I I really like I knew it was prestigious again, but I didn't fully understand what I was applying to, which made it worse during the six months it took them to review my application and everything. But I remember St. Patrick's Day 2016, I was in the car with my mom and my best friend on our way to the mall back home for spring break. And I refreshed my email. And that's when I saw the email saying I was going to, to Spain again. So that's how I ended up in Fulbright. And that experience in itself, being in Logroño, which is a smaller town in northern Spain, also shaped my perspectives of working abroad and really propelled me not only into doing international education type work, but international social work and understanding what does race, power, privilege, and identity uh, have to do with the way that we show up as we travel. I love that. I love that you took the opportunity to apply and just went for it and didn't know how prestigious it was because it really is. I hadn't known, but I had found you when I was applying and I did not get it. And I was really bummed out. And that's when I found you on Instagram, but I had never really met anyone else who had done it, at least like at my university or in my friend group. And so I thought you were like a unicorn who was talking about it. And so fast forward after that experience, you went off to AmeriCorps, which is 
a kind of similar thing, but not abroad. It's still in the U.S. What made you do that? After Fulbright, I had the urge to go home. And that's really weird because I hadn't been at home home since I left for college. I graduated when I was 17. So I was one of like the younger um, seniors. And so I moved when I was 17. I didn't really come home. Well, I came home after that first summer for an internship. But after that, I pretty much did internships around the U.S. in Atlanta and Chicago. So for some reason, I had the urge to go home after Fulbright maybe was being gone for a year because I spent like Christmas in Prague and New Year's in Barcelona and was in Greece for spring break but by the time it was for me to decide what I wanted to do something was telling me to come home so I decided to go home I mean partly because I was broke (laughs) um which most people don't want to admit but I also knew I wanted to go to grad school and that that wasn't going to happen if I had the urge to travel every weekend, like saving money was not going to be a thing. So I went home, I had applied for AmeriCorps when I was abroad and I got placed um, at home. I did the program Public Allies. So it's a different branch of AmeriCorps. It's a nonprofit social justice leadership um, development type program. And that showed me what I felt I was missing when I was abroad was that cultural I don't want to call it wokeness because I really can't stand that word so I won't say that but public allies had that race conscious and identity conscious feel that I I was really craving when I was abroad I mean Fulbright is a great opportunity but we know like it majority people who do it aren't black and brown people and I felt the weight of that towards the end of my program and I think part of And part of the reason why I wanted to go home was because I knew home was safe, home was comfortable, and I could get some type of experience. And it turned out to be a really great decision. I found that I love the international education part of Fulbright, and I love the social justice aspects of public allies. And both of them combined led me to get my master's degree in international social work. I was working at Girl Scouts when I was a public ally in AmeriCorps. And as someone who was raised in rite of passage, I guess, camps or after school programming for Black girls in my hometown of Milwaukee, doing that girls education work got me interested in what does this work look like abroad and how are we connected? And so that curiosity really propelled me into my master's degree program and the work I did thereafter when I was in my master's degree, I went to Berlin for a summer to work for a gender and sport for development think tank in Berlin. And that was an amazing experience. And yeah, that's really how I got to Public Allies and how it shaped what I did afterwards too. I like that your experiences, although they talk about and include travel, there's like a deeper underlying mission and passion to it. Like you don't just at least in those experiences, you don't just travel just for the sake of it. Like there's something you bridge together with that. And to have that in like college and to know so clearly what that mission was and to find those opportunities, how did you kind of land on that and then continue to find these opportunities that I feel like are great. You travel to Chicago, Atlanta, but you're able to find them no matter where you go. So what advice do you have on someone who might have a passion or might not know what they want to be doing, but to try all these different programs and how to really come across them. 
that's a great point. And I think for me, I, I went into undergrad saying, okay, I'm going to try new things because I, even though I make videos for the internet now and on social media, I was actually a really shy kid. I had a stutter growing up and that really got, really hindered my confidence a lot and my self-esteem because I mean, who wants to stutter when they talk? <laughs> like that's, it, it really gets to, gets to your mindset. And so I was really shy as a kid, not really around my family or anything, but around people who I didn't know for real. And one, traveling got me out of that. But two, trying new things really pushed me in undergrad. And I was a part of so many different clubs. I was just trying stuff because I feel like people are always saying, you know, you have to know what you what you want to do but it's like how do you know if you don't try things uh, so that's the model that I went into undergrad with I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like this for real but it sounds interesting if I apply for it and I get it it's meant for me to do if not you know it is what it is and I think that mindset of trying new things and if they don't work then I know what I don't like <laughs> really is what I did had I done Fulbright and realized I didn't want to live abroad then I probably wouldn't be an international social worker but I think a lot of the times we 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 blah, blah, blah. let me start over <laughs> I think a lot of the times we get caught up in our own mind saying oh it's too prestigious like I can't do it or like I'm not capable or I didn't go to like an Ivy League school which I did not I went to a school in Peoria Illinois and so having that mindset of like listen I know I can do it I just have to convince somebody else I can do it and that's how I really just went about opportunities and thankfully it's all worked out because it could have been a whole different story I was telling you, but yeah, that mindset of just saying, you know what, I'll do it and see what happens. And that's really what got me here. I think that's great advice because I also was very unsure. And to this day, I'm still unsure of what I want to be doing and how I want to be doing it. Um, but I did try a lot of different things. I think they were so varied though, or I like that you built upon yours and kind of clearly figured out what you were passionate about and it propelled you into grad school. But I tried a whole slew of things and I still wish I was in that position to try even more because it's fun trying something new and you don't really, you don't know what you don't know. And it seems like the perfect opportunity to figure that out when you're in college. Exactly. Like we're paying all this money to do what? Just to go to class? Like, no, I mean, now in the pandemic's a little different <laughs> but pre-pandemic it was a whole experience it was a place for you to put yourself out there and I really took advantage of it but also I never limited myself especially because I went to predominantly white institution I think a lot of the times people are like oh are you gonna do that like you'll be the only black person like I don't care like I like if it's, if it's something that I want to do I'm going to do it and I'm someone who I don't believe I have to settle I'm super multi-passionate obviously because I'm doing a lot of things now but I love it I love having options I love having choices I think a lot of that is from my mom who is the same way you know she's a small business owner she's a minister she runs a community garden all these things that people wouldn't think are connected are connected through the way she views the world and how she wants to cultivate community and I think in my own way I took that same ideology and just found what I wanted 
to talk about, which was travel, which was being multi-passionate, which was learning from the world and cultural immersion, all of the good things that come from that. Thanks for sharing that because I think that's such a good reminder. It's so easy to have to like box yourself in, even though we know not to label ourselves or to box us um, into a category, but when you're online and they tell you you need to have a niche, like it doesn't mean you need to diminish who you are. And just because you work in a profession doesn't mean you can't do something else. Like you and I are very similar. And I think that's why we get along and connect is like, you have a full-time job. I have a full-time job and something completely different, but on the time that we are free and have some like downtime, we're on that travel grind and like, we thoroughly enjoy it. And I know we've talked about this over and over again. So I think that's like a powerful message to remind that like, you do you, like do whatever makes you happy. Absolutely. Okay. So you did Fulbright, you did AmeriCorps, and then you graduated. Have you traveled for like leisure or for fun in between or after those opportunities before the pandemic hit? Yes. So my first semester of grad, well, when I was in AmeriCorps, I did my first solo trip. I went to Mexico. I went to Tulum and Valladolid and Cancun for a very short period of time. But that was a test to myself because all of my travel experience had been one with people who I met through programs. So it's kind of like you become fast friends, which I still talk to a lot of them to this day. But I wanted to test out one, my Spanish to see how far I had come from being, you know, in sixth grade and undergrad and stuff like that, learning Spanish, but also test out my travel skills. So I planned this solo trip, freaked out in the Chicago airport, honestly, like thought I was having a panic attack because it all hit me that I was going somewhere where I knew no one, no one was meeting me at the airport. There was no like resident director <laughs> telling me where to go, but it was probably one of my favorite travel experiences because I was on my own time I learned I do actually know Spanish for real I don't have to rely on other people to speak it and so that was my first big solo trip and that was again during AmeriCorps in 2018 I went to New York before grad school as like a little celebration to myself my best friend when I was in grad school my first semester so January or my first winter break January 2019 I went to Mexico for like eight or nine days, my friend and I caught this really good deal out of Chicago. I think it was like 150 from Chicago to Cancun. And she lived in Chicago at the time. And so I met, I met with her there and we flew out. And I think that trip was my best budgeted trip ever. It was like $600 or $800 for nine days. Uh, and that was staying in hostels, taking the collectivos, all of those good things. And what else have I done? So, well, in grad school, going to Berlin for the summer, I solo traveled that summer. I went to Amsterdam, London, and then I was in Berlin for a little bit solo. I had a co-intern from my university and we became really good friends. And then I did some solo traveling that summer, which was, of course, fun. I did a lot of food eating during that, during that trip. And then during, and right when the pandemic hit, I was in Costa Rica. So I was on a pre-graduation spring break trip with two friends and we were literally going from Yaco, which is a beautiful beach town in Costa Rica, to La Fortuna. We checked our phones at our Airbnb and we saw that everything had gotten online. So since then, I haven't, I haven't been on a plane since 
March 2020. And I've just been doing some domestic road trips. I went like to the sunflower field last summer. I, I want to go to like the lavender farm this year and then doing some road trips around the Midwest. I went hiking a lot in the fall, went to Devil's Lake State Park and a few other state parks here in Wisconsin, which I hope to continue now that it seemed like the snow was gone. So I've been making the most traveling local, traveling regionally, uh, but it is, it is very different, but I've been really enjoying myself and discovering that I love the outdoors. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no time wasted. You're definitely making the use of what you can while, while being safe. But when things do open up, where is top of mind for you to go to? Um, so I'm trying to move. <laughs> uh, my job is going permanently remote. We're becoming a fully remote team. And so moving is on my mind. Uh, not not before I get the vaccine and do all of that health stuff that I need to do before I go, but moving somewhere to Latin America is what I'm leaning towards. So that's like, er, like early fall, late, late summer. So I'm looking to make that move. But before then, I plan on doing some domestic road trips. Wisconsin has a lot of beautiful places. And then further up north around the Wisconsin Michigan border and even the Wisconsin Minnesota border there are some islands so I'm trying to see what those look like because I've never been that far up north uh, in Wisconsin before so going to upper Michigan and maybe even going to parts of northern Minnesota this summer I wanted to do a southern trip we'll see if that happens too but also your girl has a job so we'll, we'll be testing out uh, remote work if it's if it's feasible uh, a lot this summer as a team so I'm looking forward to that and just I'm a my birthday's in August I'm a summer baby so I love the summertime I love wearing shorts and crop tops so I'm fully prepared to enjoy myself even though we're in a pandemic <laughs> love that I'm also a summer baby and I'm ready I'm ready for the summer just to like be outdoors and like hiking like you said so I love that and that's exciting that your job went completely remote um, just before we wrap up, uh, you know, I wanted you to touch on your travel education platform and what you do online and where everyone can find you if they want to learn more. Yeah, so as I said, you know, Fulbright and AmeriCorps and all these experiences really got me passionate about helping other multi-passionate students or like young professionals build a life that includes travel on one hand. So i write a lot on my website, sojourneys.com, about different opportunities to go abroad, really to work abroad, and also tips on how to adjust when you are working abroad and living abroad. And then on the flip side, I have a travel education series called Let's Unpack That. It's on YouTube and Instagram, and now on Facebook as well, just talking about the other part of that. So the different travel privileges we have, how our identities, like for example, me as a Black American woman play into my travel experiences and other hot topics like dating abroad and cultural differences and culture shock and cultural appreciation versus appropriation, all of those kind of travel-related topics. I also write about, that's kind of how I bridge social work with travel because that's definitely my social work brain. 
that has that kind of analysis. So I provide both. And it's really for people who want to plan intentionally, travel responsibly, and live vicariously through themselves is really what I hope to achieve across my platform. So at the Sojourneys on Instagram, at Sojourneys on TikTok and Twitter, and then Sojourneys on YouTube and Facebook as well. Yes, everyone should go follow her because her her content is quality and I learn something new every time I go to her page. Thank you so much, Sojourner, for joining me and sharing your story. It was really great to catch up. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. You too.